It's great to be here, and it's a very special day, special service uh, here for us. Uh, All Saints Western is a life foundation church for me. I came to faith here in 86. For Pat and I, it's our foundation church. For our girls, Claire, husband Floody, and James and Georgia. I think Georgia's the one making the noise at the back. Maybe not, but I can't say anything, can I? Because it's my granddaughter. And also Anna Fleur. So it's, there she is. So it's great to be here and it's good to, uh, before I start this preach today, just to, to thank you. Thank the Lord for you. This, this church is vital for us. So let's go. Today's work. Uh, good morning. <laughs> We're all on a journey, aren't we? We're on a journey every day of our lives and the hallmark of that journey is, isn't it, that we are following Jesus, the I am. And through him, we are forgiven, we have the peace of forgiveness, and we must go and tell others. That was what he asks. And that journey sometimes has certain moods. Sometimes it has unexpected turns. Four months ago, we did not think we'd be saying goodbye today, Pastor and I. We are certain the Lord wants us to go where we're going. But we leave a church we love deeply. And very excited about too. But the unexpected turns, when that happens, that's okay. Because you see, the Lord is leading and we follow. And sometimes when we look back, we can see the nudges along the way. We see the work of the Spirit. So sometimes the journey has unexpected turns. Other times the journey has unplanned events, unpredictable events. A sudden unexpected illness. A sudden change of career, change of job, loss of job, whatever it may be, that happens. And that's okay too, because that's life, and the Lord is with us to give us strength. Sometimes the journey seems too difficult, and we fall down. We are weak, we give in. And that's okay, we have forgiveness. The amazing thing about our Lord is that when we ask, he will pick us up, dust us down, and put us back on the path. Amazing grace. And of course, on this journey, we are not alone. We share with each other. We share stories to encourage each other. The Lord is with us. And so today we're talking about Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. This is the fifth of seven great I am sayings in John's Gospel. And we heard, thank you Mike for that reading, we heard that Jesus knew his plan. He was going to bring Lazarus back to life. To demonstrate the life he was offering and giving to all people. Eternal life. And we heard in the story how Martha recognized and got it. Said, yes, Lord, I believe. We heard the disciples, well, they're still on a learning curve, aren't they? Oh, we better go too. We'll die with him. We're following him. But they're learning, and of course, Jesus is teaching them, and that's how we know that. Even though it seemed hopeless, they followed. And how about us? How do we respond to this I am? Well, I'd like to read Paul's guidance to us because Paul argues this 
But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all others. New paragraph, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. 1 Corinthians 15 is a remarkable chapter, the longest chapter in Corinthians, where Paul lays out his relentless logic for the fact of the resurrection. And at the end of that chapter, verse 58, is one of Paul's great therefores. The whole of chapter chapter 15 is explaining and giving the argument for the resurrection, the truth of the resurrection, foundation truth. Then verse 58, Paul says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Therefore, stand firm. Stand firm in our faith in one God. Stand firm in our faith in one Lord. Stand firm in our faith in one Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Let's think more. Stand firm in our faith in God, Creator. Stand firm in our faith in one Lord, a one Lord who came incarnate, born fully human, Son of God, Jesus, our salvation, the hope that we have, the resurrection. Stand firm. Stand firm with the one Spirit to guide and remind. Make room for the supernatural, the fact of the supernatural. That is the work of God. And that gives us life and hope in all circumstances. So how do we stand firm? How do we do this? Well, the four pillars for our journey are the pillars of scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. Scripture, of course. The verses, the promises. I have got a gift for you. I'm going to give you a card as we leave. I've recorded on here the I am promises and one of the other verses that for Pat and I are foundation verses. You will have your own. But I wanted to give you something, really, just to encourage scripture. How about tradition? Well, yes, of course, we have the unity of the spirit of truth. John 4.23, we worship in spirit and in truth. But remember that the way we praise and pray depends on our mood, depends on our culture, depends on our location, depends on our circumstances. And that's okay. That's definitely okay. So there's a role for tradition. How about reason? Well, we've already listened to Paul. Paul's relentless logic in that argument. Creation. When we look at creation with open eyes, faith eyes, creation is far too extraordinary. The world in which we live is far too extraordinary to have happened by chance. 
I work with scientists who believe that. It's great. History. Reason of history. Why are we here? We're here because in history, 12 people on the first day of Pentecost went out and preached with such power that we're here 2,000 years later in Bath. Correct? That is a relentless logic. That is reason. And then, of course, there's the experience. And experience is in two categories. Experience of other people. The people we're sent to hear story, God's story, to encourage other but also our own experience, those moments when we sense the presence of God. I really do urge you the value of keeping a little notebook. The unexpected moments where in a building or in a service or a comment, maybe even a stranger says something to you that is right on the nail on something that's on your mind. And you pause and say, wow, thank you, Lord. Who is that? That is the Holy Spirit working between us, the power of prayer. So let's go back to the journey. Jesus says, I am the resurrection, stand firm. How does it start? Well, it starts in different places with different people. It started for me here as an adult in 1986. Amazing grace. How amazing that grace appeared the hour I first believed. Wonderful verses from a well-known hymn. But glorious verses. Amazing grace. Forgiveness, peace of mind, Jesus. A phrase that is, he uses born again. And we are, in one sense, as adults, when we come back to faith, I return to the faith of my child at that time. And yes, yes, we are. We are born again. And that process of grace for me goes on continually. It's a wonder, isn't it? There's a mantra that I sometimes use, 16 words. Come, my Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, my Saviour, have mercy on me, a sinner. Come, my Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And a phrase like that, or you will have your own phrase, but phrases like that are wonderful when the distracting thoughts come in. Prayer banishes those thoughts, puts us back on the path. So for this journey, we clothe ourselves in the grace of Jesus Christ. How about our attitude on the journey? Well, I heard three phrases, beautiful phrases, that the journey, the attitude for our journey, we have an attitude of continual learning, continual humility, and continual wonder. Look at the world, look at people, people you love, whatever it may be, but look with wonder, a wonder that says, thank you. Wow. Capture those moments. And then, why do we do this journey? Well, it is the journey of life, of Jesus' life. We are his disciples. We're disciples on the way. We're disciples of the Son of God who, when we go wrong, picks us up and dusts us down, puts us back on the path. We've said that. Because Jesus has opened the way back to God, hasn't he? And he says to us now to go and help him tell others through his Holy Spirit. All people, all nations. And finally, he's promised to be with us this amazing person who we follow, Jesus Christ.
Are there building blocks to help us stand firm? Well, yes, there are. And these, for me, are foundation to our walk. And there are three. There's unity, compassion, and the power of prayer. Unity, first of all. We worship the one spirit of truth. But unity is not uniformity, because we've just agreed that there are different ways that we do praise and pray. But when we seek unity, we celebrate that diversity. We celebrate the dialogue, the understanding of each other. Why do you praise that way? Because we praise this way. Why do you do that? I understand now. Thank you. We increase our understanding. And when we seek this forgiveness, this, this togetherness, one of the phrases I, most of, I often use at the university, I say to students, all of you believe in Jesus Christ, we are camped on the same hill. Therefore, we're at the side of our tents and talk to each other. I had a fantastic sermon in Lewis. We went to see, Pat and I went to see the site of the Lewis Revival. And a wonderful church leader out in Stornoway said, yes, we can build our churches, but let's make sure that the walls between our churches are low enough that we can shake hands over them. Glorious. Because that's what Jesus wants. John 17. Be one. Be one, he says to us, his disciples. Be one, so that the world may know that I have been sent to save the world. John 17. So unity has to be a foundation stone. Unity in the sacraments. I get very grumpy when I hear people denied the sacraments. Jesus gave us the sacraments, bread and wine, so that we can remember him by. I'm giving bread and wine next Thursday to a Chinese student, Camilla. She's been with me for years. She's going back home to China. We read the Bible together. I'm not sure of her faith. But I'm going to say, come on, let's do this so you remember Jesus. That's why he gave us that gift. Unity. Compassion? Well, yes. The Lord is reaching out to all people, not the people like us, to all people. And he's reaching out through our hands. The power of prayer, the sacraments we've mentioned. But let us not impede the work of the Holy Spirit by human intolerances, human... <laughs> I'll say that word again. Human intolerances, human judgment. What was lovely then? You didn't all jump up. That means you're still awake, which is a great encouragement to me. <laughs> but let's not impede the amazing grace, the work of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, when we pray, overflows through us, continually. We are being continually refilled so that we, we leak the Holy Spirit. How many times have you had a moment where somebody come up to you and said something that just hits the target? Yes? Meets you. Who is that? That's the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you'll do the same thing. You may not know it, but acts of kindness inspired by prayer are rich places for the Holy Spirit. We are part of that. So on the journey, let's practice, seek unity, work with compassion, and finally the importance of prayer.
the prayer life in this church is remarkable, special, deep and developing. I love the fact the doors are open of this church. We had a word this morning in the first service of the Spirit moving out down to the town. Yes. The value of prayer, private prayer, one-to-one or with others. The power of prayer. Prayer changes things. So unity, compassion, the power of prayer. Three stones on which to build. So... Jesus says, I am the resurrection. Through him we are forgiven. We have life. Life, eternal life. There will be a time when we are together, serving our Lord, as we have sung today. And so we are called to stand firm, hope in all circumstances, Disciples on the way, joining Jesus to be part of his salvation and to live lives that others may see and believe.